Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Today, we're looking at one of Pastor Nate's articles called The Deity of the Holy Spirit. And our whole goal with this conversation wasn't to have some kind of unapproachable, cerebral kind of conversation, but was rather to have um, a discussion about the Holy Spirit as God, but also a person in the Godhead who is so approachable, who is with us, who is constant in our lives. And so we pray that this conversation is helpful for you as you're viewing the Holy Spirit in your life. And we pray that the Holy Spirit, as you're listening to this, does his work that he always does and reveals more of who God is to you in your life. So without further ado, let's just jump right into the conversation. Well, I thought no better way to start off this podcast episode than to open up with a couple choruses of Holy Spirit. Oh, bro. So one, a two, one, two, three. You're, Holy. On, your <laughs> You're on your own here, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. I was wondering if we might be allowed it's to sound engage. So awesome. and <laughs> if anybody's listening to this on like one and a half speed. Oh, yeah. That is, speed, that's that is turned terrible. <laughs> it's like a carousel ride right there. Oh, man. But the Holy Spirit, that's who we're talking about today. Um, Nate, I was really excited to read this article. I think the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead that can sometimes be really mysterious mm. for Christians, myself included. Yeah. I'm wondering how to address the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. how to pray to the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit, and uh, just how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So to talk today about the deity of the Holy Spirit is really cool just to kind of lift up like the God likeness of the Holy Spirit and to kind of explore that a mm-hmm. little bit. So I'm really glad we can do that. And I thought just to start off the conversation, we could just talk about who or what the Holy Spirit is. Maybe we can kind of start to explore that a bit. So want to take a crack at it. Like who who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? So the Bible says that God is spirit and the Bible teaches that God is manifested in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And people kind of wrangle over this a little bit, but it seems like one of the big emphases of the Old Testament especially and then fulfilled in the New is that God from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God was working to rebuild the community that was lost with man Mm -hmm. and wanted for his people to be able to be like a priesthood unto him that knew him and were close to him. Well, what better way for him to be able to be close to us than through the gospel of Jesus Christ, making a way for those who believe in Jesus to then receive the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of them. That's as close as you can get in fellowship, that the Spirit would come to live within the believer. So I think it's great to really think about who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does and his nature and his personality because this in a sense is what the mystery of Christ to use a new Testament phrase is all about that the spirit of Christ would come to reside 
and to live inside of us. You know, right. we're told in the New Testament that we want to walk in the Spirit or walk in step with the Spirit. We're told that in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit has a will to give each believer specific gifts that he's designed, right, and yeah. along with those gifts, specific callings and the ways that those gifts are going to operate, that he himself has designed that. Uh, we're taught that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that the church mm-hmm. is made uh, not only alive at regeneration, but is made effective mm-hmm. for ministering to other people um, and reaching out to the world and making disciples. So he is the one who uh, gives us the energy, the gifting, mm-hmm. the ability to live the Christian life and to, bring, to bear fruit unto God. Right. So... Jesus didn't mention him in John 15 in his analogy of the vine and the vine dresser. Right. You know, that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and the Father is the vine dresser. But had he mentioned the Spirit in that passage, I think he would have said that the Spirit is like that sap flowing Mm. from the vine into the branches. And that's the life that we're receiving is the life of the Spirit. So as Christians, you know, one of the things that we set our minds upon is to feed the spirit to walk in the spirit to put our minds on things of the spirit so that the holy spirit has more to operate with more ammunition in our lives so that he can Mm. you know bear fruit so we don't necessarily think for instance that you know attending um a bible study in the middle of the Mm -hmm. week or something like that like the thursday night group that you you know, lead here at the church for college students. We don't necessarily believe that like that by itself is going to be the thing that leads to transformation and growth. But what we believe is that we're giving the Holy Spirit room to operate in this new nature Mm -hmm. that we've received from Christ. We're trying to feed the Spirit so that the Spirit will flex himself Mm -hmm. in, you know, our lives. So... You know, believers were to have a very close relationship with the Holy yeah. Spirit of God. Yeah, that's so good. I, I even love that part you just mentioned about even just creating space for the Holy Spirit to operate and to not stifle the Spirit mm-hmm. with programs or events or even just like day to day like over emphasis emphases or whatever on spirituality and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I put a lot of hope in the Holy Spirit personally for that. Yeah, so, he's the one who, you know, Paul tells us that he searches the mind yeah, of God. Yes. In First um, Corinthians, he mentions that, but then he also says that in Romans eight that he searches us. Yeah. You know, that he's searching <laughs> us and yeah. reporting to the Father about us and what mm-hmm. our needs are and what weaknesses we have that. and what lessons yeah. we need to learn and things like that. So even, you know, considering like you you mentioned space for the Holy Spirit, you know, even having enough space to be able to uh, allow the Spirit to do that introspective work Mm -hmm. in our lives and hearts to show us areas of growth and transformation and works that God is trying to accomplish in us. Hmm. Gifts of the Spirit and Mm -hmm. trying to give some, not, not, sharp definitions that are you know make the gifts claustrophobic but you know some some 
parameters of hey this is what it seems like these gifts you know are right and in so doing you kind of want to back up from there Mm -hmm. and say well who is the holy spirit in the first place and one of the things that needs to be written about or needs to be talked about is that the holy spirit is the third person of the trinity so talking about the personality of the holy spirit which i didn't really do in this article because even backing up from that you start with well he is god the bible Mm -hmm. teaches that the holy spirit is god and you know i don't know how absolutely vital and uh you know crucial this particular article is because if you're looking at the father son and spirit the member of the trinity that is whose divinity is most often attacked it's the divinity of christ about to say yeah usually people just kind of either forget about the holy spirit or just you know will just really easily confess yeah he's he's god you know i'm fine i can i can make that confession i can make that statement so i don't know how you know important it was really to write this but it is helpful to i think think about well what are the claims in scripture so the first Mm -hmm. place that i started is a place that a lot of people start with this subject is just uh realizing that in the bible there are certain things that he is that only god is Mm -hmm. so that's why i mentioned all of those different things and various cross references in the article attached to them helpful because humans are not spoken of as eternal in the same way that the spirit is spoken of as eternal we have no ending point but we had a beginning the spirit has no beginning uh, humans are not uh, omnipresent in the sense that we're not, you know, everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the Spirit is, and this is probably He's probably the member of the tr- Trinity that's easiest for us mm-hmm. to imagine being omnipresent, well, omnipotent. He is called the power of God Himself. So all of these things are things that are exclusive. Right. to divinity even just one of these things uh you know would would qualify a being to be in the <laughs> yeah you know d- divine category right. uh you know to have no beginning to have unlimited power to have uh, an everywhere presence or an all knowledge uh, but the spirit has these things you know mm. so that that's where i was kind of starting out yeah. with that was just these are attributes that only god has i i appreciate that too because i i know you were just saying that sometimes we can maybe forget about the holy spirit which i think is totally true and uh, in addition to that we can just say yeah the holy spirit is god i know that I understand that in my head but i think that a lot of times too we can see the holy spirit as like an addition to God the Father and Jesus the Son and think that he's not really in the Godhead, but he's like this being or deity that helps us just do stuff and he's something we can just call on. More of just like a accessory almost, I think, sometimes. I've been mm-hmm. talking to students within our college ministry, young adult <clears throat> ministries that are, just have a hard time understanding who the Holy Spirit is. They hear about the Spirit in different religious circles or different classes, different family members have different perspectives. And so I'm glad we can talk about these different kind of theological points about the Holy Spirit being God because it kind of 
brings it in a little bit. Oh, totally. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, when you even just when we think about the the omniscience of the Holy Spirit, yeah. that he knows all things, you know, we're thinking about, okay, well, you know, in the New Testament, we learn that we as believers are the temple yeah. of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. So as he is inside of me and searching me, he knows everything about me. He knows yeah. every, you know, he knows things about me that are impossible for me to know about mm. myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't even remember, <laughs> you know, a tenth of my life. <laughs> you know, but the yeah, Holy same. Spirit has been present mm-hmm. either outside of me or residing within me for all of that and has mm-hmm. an accurate record of everything that was happening in every single one of those moments. Every motivation of my heart, even mm-hmm. motivations that I've miscalculated and said, you know, in that moment, this is what I was thinking, or yeah. this is, was my motivation. The Holy Spirit is able to actually more accurately see what the motivation was in my heart at that particular moment in time. Yeah, You know, the Holy Spirit looks out and he is able to see and know what I need mm. better than... I can determine, Praise you God. know, what I need. <laughs> yeah. So even just thinking about his knowledge, his infinite knowledge is really helpful to us. And then I think when we think about, you know, something as beautiful as his uh, omnipresence, that he's mm-hmm. everywhere, that's so refreshing to understand that there is no place that I can go, especially as a believer who have who has a unique relationship with the mm-hmm. Spirit where he's residing within me and, and I'm you know, calling me to walk with him and in him. And he has a special love for me and a special will for me. And I can, the Bible teaches, I can, that he yearns jealously for me, that I can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So with all of that being true, as I walk through life and I go everywhere, the Holy Spirit is Hmm. with me in those moments. So, you know, I go to you know, some coffee shop and I'm, and I'm sitting there, you know, the Holy Spirit is with me in that coffee shop and he is wanting to open my eyes to see people the way that he Mm. sees people. As I'm reading a book there in that coffee shop, he's trying to break through and to give me better understanding as I open the Bible maybe and think about it for a little bit. The Holy Spirit is there in that moment trying to be my teacher, my instructor, you know, to help me yeah. get it and be able to see more clearly what's happening mm-hmm. here. As I maybe begin to interact with someone else, you know, in that moment, the Holy Spirit is present in there. As I battle maybe even with temptation in a public right. place like that, the Holy Spirit is there to help me stay strong and to mm-hmm. walk with him. So, you know, that's just one example of right. the Spirit, you know, being with us at every moment. And I think... A lot of times, if we could get a better handle on that, mm-hmm. we might have more courage right. to do yeah. some of the things that mm-hmm. God has asked us to do because it the power really isn't with us. The power is with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be willing, a little bit more willing to step out of our comfort zone to allow the Spirit to demonstrate himself, yeah. you know, he operates in that spot. So Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about who he is is really helpful to us. <laughs> yeah, it is so good and so encouraging. Um, in addition to all of that, you talked about in this article 
um, some things that the Holy Spirit does that only God can do. You talk about him creating, inspiring, mm -hmm. authoring scripture. Can you dive into that a little bit too? Like what are some of the things that the Holy Spirit just does? Yeah, so I mean, all we're doing here in thinking about stuff like this is when you're thinking about the Holy Spirit and you're saying, okay, I'm trying to build a biblical case for the right. Holy Spirit being the third person of the Trinity, that mm -hmm. he is divine, that he is God. You don't just sit back and search for the phrase, the Holy Spirit is God yeah, from all right. the 66 books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we did is we said, okay, well, what are some attributes that he has that only God has? Mm -hmm. So all the key attributes he has the omniscience, omnipotence, yada yada. We've yeah, talked right. about this. But then there are also things that he does that as he does them, it doesn't say, and the Holy Spirit, parentheses, who is God, does, <laughs> does this. this. Yeah. But it just tells us scripturally that he does these things. And as we're going through scripture, we discover and know, well, these are things that only God is able to do. Mm. Yeah. So the three that I mentioned were that he was part of creation. Mm -hmm. Genesis 1, 2, and one twenty six. He authors scripture. He's very involved in that process, obviously using human beings. But the inspiration of scripture flows through the Holy Spirit. It is breathed out by God as he carries prophets and writers along by the Holy Spirit, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. And then not only does he create and author scripture, but he gives spiritual life. So it's called being born again or yeah. born of the Spirit. So the Spirit is involved in regeneration. These are things that no other entity is able to do except for God. Mm -hmm. To create something out of nothing is an exclusively divine act. To author Holy Scripture, to be the one inspiring it, to be the one breathing it out is an exclusively divine mm -hmm. act. And then to regenerate someone is also an exclusively divine mm -hmm. act. That's not something that any church or organization, yep. right. authority, man, woman, is able to do. These are all things that are exclusive to mm -hmm. God. So when you see, you know, just the logic flows then, right. and when you see the Holy Spirit doing these things, then you're seeing divine acts. With that being in place, Nate, like seeing that the Holy Spirit has these characteristics of God, he is God, and then seeing what he can do, things that are only God-like, I'm just thinking in my head like, can I pray to the Holy Spirit? Like if, when I enter into prayer and I'm, and I'm talking to God and everything, is it, can you talk to the Holy Spirit? Does he just minister to you? Do you pray to him? What does that look like in prayer? It's kind of deviating from your article a little bit, but I'm just thinking about that. Yeah, no, it's a good question. And even as you're asking it, I was thinking, I should probably write about that at some point. Hmm. It doesn't, I don't think really merit a long, right. you know, piece, but just, you know, something shorter. But so the normal prayer in scripture is to the Father mm -hmm. through the Son, you know, through the access right. we've gotten through the Son mm -hmm. and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
it's kind of the normal yeah, yeah. flow of prayer in in, in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Christians are praying to God the Father, petitioning mm. the one who is seated upon the throne, their Father. Mm-hmm. You know, this eternal, sovereign, magnificent God who's become now their Father. Um, and how are they able to pray? I know to the Father. How have they gained that access? How are they able to be before that throne? Well. By the blood of yeah. Christ, mm-hmm. who has forgiven them, cleansed them, and given them that radical position in Christ. So we are there before the Father as mm-hmm. sons of God because of what Christ has done. Right. But how do we have the sense and the feeling, the confirmation within our own hearts that we are mm. the children of God? Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit produces that in us. He causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. So he fuels and drives and enables that prayer life to the Father. So that's the normal flow is to the Father by the power of the Spirit um, and you know through the gospel or through the cross mm. of Jesus Christ. But you know all that said, uh, even though that's the norm, um, is it okay to at times you know pray to to Christ, mm-hmm. to pray to the Spirit, and uh, I don't personally take this hard stance that no, you you just can't mm. you know do that. You yeah. just can't do that. I think it's fine for us to at times you know Holy Spirit, please help me. Right. You know now in this moment, you know I know that you're with me uh, to cry out to to Jesus to thank Him you know for what He's done. But it is good to know what the norm. Right, scripturally is you know Mm -hmm. in the sense that that's the normal flow that you that you see. Yeah. Um, But you know even as you go through some of the Psalms, you'll see some bounce back through through the entire triunity of God in these celebrations and rejoicings and prayers. So I think that you know God who is one Mm -hmm. and not three really is able to Hmm. you know. Bear with us in our feeble attempts to <laughs> grapple Amen. with his yeah. triunity as we're praying yeah. and crying out to him. That's cool. I like that answer because it even, as you say it, it emphasizes what the gospel has done for us, that we can approach God through Jesus and that he extends the Holy Spirit to us, gives us power to pray. Gives, oh. like That's just so cool. So thanks for that answer kind of towards the end of your article, Nate, you talked about um, one of the major functions of the Holy Spirit. You actually said a major function of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Christ. Could you speak a little bit more to that as we understand who he is, that, that the Holy Spirit is God? Like, how does he glorify Christ? What does that mean? Yeah, so the... Uh a passage that really helps us to understand his present day ministry came from Jesus's teaching in John 14 through 16 to his Mm. disciples before the garden of Gethsemane and before his high priestly prayer in John 17. And there in John 15, 26, he said, when the spirit or the helper comes, he will bear witness about me. And, 
I, I actually was quoting that verse in the context of answering the question, why isn't he spoken of more often? Mm, yeah. You know? um, and I, I think what I was trying to communicate was because his role or the one that he's celebrating and promoting is not himself, but is the second person of the Trinity, interesting, yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. And so in a, in a book that he's heavily mm. involved in authoring by the Bible, Scripture, right. yeah, yeah. that he has inspired, that he's carried authors along to write, where his mission is not to primarily exalt the third person of the Trinity, but the second person of the Trinity. In that kind of setting, you would imagine that he would not... Um, you would imagine that there is a limited amount of focus upon himself Mm -hmm. and that his role in writing scripture would be the exaltation of Christ. But we can also assume then that, you know, because Jesus didn't say when the spirit comes, he will bear witness about me, you know, and only in the pages of written scripture. No, it's just that through the scripture, through his people, through the church, mm. the Holy Spirit's desire is to glorify Jesus Christ. This helps us when we think about some of the, I want to use the word dastardly, I don't know <laughs> if that's the right word, but dastardly things that the yeah. Holy Spirit is given credit for mm. in our modern time. Chaotic things, right. obscene things. Um, you know, things that feel like they're being performed by charlatans mm. that are being claimed, you know, this is the this is what the Holy Spirit looks like, you right. know, when he's uh-huh. in operation. Yeah. But I'll just say it like this as a by way of illustration. You know, for me, when I'm teaching the Bible and I'm trying to bring people through scripture, I feel no greater power than in the moments where I am busily celebrating Jesus Christ mm, yeah. and exalting his name. It's in those moments that I can sense this strength from the Holy Spirit who I think is saying, yes, amen, right. this is what people need. They must know this. He must be exalted. Mm. They must see him. They must know the cross. So he, I think, wow. is is busy trying to promote Jesus. Totally. And so, I mean, I'm thinking right now of our uh, <laughs> it's powerful. Our uh, vision statement as a church, you know, Jesus famous. I think the spirit is about that. Yeah. You know, he longs for that. He, he hmm. desires that. So that's what I was meaning by, you know, his role is the exaltation of Christ. Yeah, yeah. that is super good. Uh, maybe one last question to kind of wrap this up, Nate. At the very end of the article, you talk about the Holy Spirit being more personal than any friend. And I know there's probably people who are still listening right now who are may experiencing just the pain of life, maybe feeling lonely, left out, marginalized, um, hurt, abandoned. Would you mind just speaking for a moment just about, I mean, we already talked about how the Holy Spirit is personal, how he's ministering to us and everything. But when you say that he's 
personal in that kind of way. Can you speak to that person who just doesn't feel like God's very close right now? Mm -hmm. How's the Holy Spirit close to them? So one of the things that we confess as Christians is that we're not in heaven yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we We know that, we believe that, mm -hmm. we feel that. You yeah. know, it doesn't take a master theologian to nope. make that kind of nope. statement. We give it. <laughs> yeah. You know, this Just life 30 is, seconds of CNN, that's all you need. <laughs> exactly. It's hard, it's difficult. Yeah. There are pains. Um, so, you know, we're not expecting some kind of Holy Spirit bliss Right. You know, here that is, you know, a heaven replacement or substitute. Mm -hmm. But one way that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit is that he is the down payment. Mm. So he's the deposit. Uh, he's the sort of the, the first of what is coming. Mm. And when we you know, go into that eternal state with God, contrary to our perceptions a lot of times and contrary to the paradises that cults often create, mm -hmm. it isn't so much that it's about, you know, the paradise of things, you know, like, will I have unlimited money in heaven or something like that? It's not yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. What it's about is that the heart and desire of God to be with his people and for his people to be with him is going to be fully unfiltered hmm. and realized by God and by, you know, humanity. And so there's going to be... I've been thinking about this lately. Like, I just think we're it, the the feeling, the sense of the love of God is going to just really overwhelm us there. Yeah. But the Spirit is the the kind of the precursor to yeah. that in our current experience. So He, you know, is a is a down payment of that fuller desire of God to just know you and to be with you yeah. and to have you know Him. The Spirit inside of you is a is a beginning of that. Mm. So, you know, in the lonelinesses of life, in the pains of life, you know, the Spirit is, He is there. He is yeah. wanting that fellowship. God is wanting that communion, and the Holy Spirit is His avenue in a lot of ways to be able to accomplish that, you know, in your life. So, mm. you know, by faith, believing and trusting that He is walking with you through the valley of the shadow of death and through the fire i think is definitely an important you know part of the christian life because the truth is that friends will leave us and family members will you know betray us and people will die and you know mm -hmm. every thing that we have in life is in a lot of ways tran transient or transitory but god the spirit within us he is not yeah and he'll remain with us forever and so just kind of enjoying a, a little taste of the heavenly before we get to the heavenlies, I think, is, is, a, is a beautiful opportunity for us as Christians. Hmm. All right. There you have it. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more podcasts, articles, 
resources, uh, please visit nateholdridge.com. We'll see you next time.